Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I want to give everything that I have for as long as I play. And, you know, I'm not saying that I haven't done that in the past, but there's always new ways that I can find to get better and not being complacent with what I'm doing on the field, understanding that there's a lot of plays that we left out there. And, and, you know, statistically, you look at it, we were top three, four offense in the league last year, and it wasn't good enough. So just losing the playoffs isn't fun. I I so badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Bills quarterback Josh Allen earlier this week as we begin OTAs. That was on Tuesday, which was the lone media day for the Buffalo Bills. Some breaking news, though, that happened about 30 seconds ago. The Arizona Cardinals have released wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins. And with that, we are going to bring in our guest for today, Matt Perino, Bills beat reporter over at Syracuse.com and the host of the Shout Podcast. Matt, I thought we were going to talk about Bills OTAs today. I mean, we will, but the Hopkins news is kind of a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, I bet you they didn't love that whole uh, podcast appearance where he said he wanted to go play with Josh Allen. Um, it's kind of surprising to me, though, because I thought that they'd want to get in, like with the fact that over the last couple of months, the market for Hopkins hasn't materialized the way that they wanted. I figured they'd want to get to a place where they could try to maybe get uh, some type of compensation back <clears throat> you know, at the trade deadline, but it probably has gotten to the point where it just made more sense to just move on for both parties. And to be honest with you, this is this is the scenario where I felt like the Bills could be in play with the way that they can maybe structure a new contract, uh, push a little bit of, of it down the road. Um, I think there's going to be multiple suitors for him, so I don't know if this is you know a, a slam dunk by any means, but it definitely is intriguing. And you know, you just heard Josh Allen leading into this, you know, not being good enough last year, the offense for the most part is back. And I I know there's a lot of excitement around Dalton Kincaid, but, you know, it would be upping the stakes quite a bit to add DeAndre Hopkins to this offense. So given the fact that it's not really a trade situation anymore, do you think that the Bills are favorites? Obviously, it's very fresh, very, you know, two minutes ago. Do you think that the Bills could be considered favorites in landing Hopkins as now a free agent? I mean, they're at the top of the list, I think. Um, he's going to want to go, you know, at 31 years old, he's going to want to go somewhere where he can win right away. And so you look around the league at teams that can, you know, bring him in. Sure, maybe the Baltimore Ravens could figure something out. But I I thought it was interesting that, you know, Lamar Jackson came up two or three down the line when he was talking about quarterbacks that he'd want to play with. If you're going off of just, you know, the last couple of years, 
you know, a wide receiver going to an offense, I've outplayed the Ravens at the bottom of any list um, of those top contender teams. I know they have OBJ now, but it, it's it just seems so tough for their passing game. Then, you know, you got to think about the Chiefs, right? Like, that would be really intriguing, like pairing him with Travis Kelsey and uh, getting to work with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's a dream for any uh, wide receiver. But then, you know, the Bills, it feels like he's got a lot of respect for Stephon Diggs. He's good friends with Von Miller. He said how much he wants to play with Josh Allen. I think it would just come down to, you know, the money part of it. And, you know, Brandon Bean's never going to put his organization, the bill, the salary cap in a bad spot for an all-in kind of move. But this seems like a, a move, like more so for what it could mean just for the offense right now. Like, of course, Diggs and, and Hopkins playing together with Gabe Davis in that, you know, third wide receiver role where he could probably really flourish. That's all well and good and exciting. But I think you really make the move for Hopkins to safeguard against injuries elsewhere. Like, you know, Diggs has been healthy over the course of the last couple of years with the Bills. But that's not always going to be the case. I mean, football, you know, you know injuries happen in this sport. And so if you want to safeguard against some of that stuff, going out and getting a guy like Hopkins, Makes a lot of sense. I do feel like the Bills probably are the best fit, but it's those money conversations are going to be interesting. I do wonder with you know, of course, the Dalton Kincaid pick, which you know we we can dive right into Kincaid as well. But just it it did feel like a little bit that the Bills maybe had I don't want to say resigned themselves, but just kind of Arizona wasn't moving him, and they had moved on to go get the best pass catcher in the draft by many accounts. And now with Hopkins available, like like Matt, you brought it up, like this could be maybe I don't want to say a luxury pick, but like just in case people get hurt. And with a lot of fans also bring up the idea of maybe even trading Gabe Davis. Like with Hopkins coming in, like would he slot in right away as being the number two receiver for the Bills, or would would you see it being a little bit more of a, I, I guess kind of by committee with Diggs being the number one guy, and then kind of Davis and Hopkins sort of. If Hopkins, of course, you know, winds up signing with the Bills, kind of figuring it out as they go. I think that they'd probably have to figure it out as they go. But I, I'd also imagine that if they get really aggressive here, they did their homework with, with Ken Dorsey on what this would look like should the opportunity become uh, a reality if they could add him to the team. And so what's interesting, too, I went back and I watched a lot of Hopkins from last year when all of this stuff was percolating. And, you know, when you watch him and the way that he runs routes and the way that he wins and the area of the field that he operates, it looks a lot like Stefan Diggs, to be honest with you. He runs a lot of those 10 to 13 yard uh, patterns. Uh, he, he gives you some run after the catch. He's really, uh, his ability to separate is still at a super high level. And so I, I don't know, like, what does that look like? I mean, they've asked Gabe Davis to play that. All right, go get deep. Uh, get open down the field, open up that underneath area for the last couple of years. And I think it was Isaiah McKenzie that said it on a podcast that, you know, maybe if you let Gabe Davis do a little bit more of the underneath stuff, that could open him up as a receiver. So more miles to feed. I think it gets more complicated for Ken Dorsey. And then if you're Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean making this move, are you confident in Ken Dorsey being able to feed all the miles and then also manage all of the, you know, now diversity that they're going to have in their offense with ways guys get open, with ways guys win. It's already getting more complicated with the 12 personnel that they're going to have to run now with Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid. Heading 
DeAndre Hopkins is going to be like this potential for like overload, right? Like weapons overload. Like when you, when you trade for a guy in Madden and you're like, okay, like I traded for DeAndre Hopkins, but now Stefan Diggs is not, you know, getting the kind of targets that he gets. That's always been my potential problem with this move all along is like, what does this mean for Diggs if they go get Hopkins and he kind of maybe starts his one B, but maybe starts to flirt with one A and Diggs kind of slots into that one B. Does that cause a problem? You know, there's a there's a lot to think about with this kind of move. Obviously, it's very exciting. Big big news. You know, there's a lot of hypotheticals that we could throw around here, but don't want to dive into the weeds too much yet, just because it's it's very fresh and, and things like that. So why don't we move into your general thoughts on how the OTAs have gone so far? Obviously, you guys were only there on Tuesday, but you know, what are your takeaways so far from very early on here? Well, it's funny because. Um, I'm very intrigued, as we just talked for three minutes about DeAndre Hopkins, I'm really intrigued with what Deontay Hardy could potentially mean in this offense for them with his versatility. Kind of like, I think it has the chance to be a real upgrade on the McKenzie role with a much, and I'm talking about the Brian Dable era McKenzie role. Like, not the one where they asked him to be the the slot guy last year. Like, they're going to probably ask him to do some of that you know, jet sweep stuff. They're going to probably line him up in the slot at times. They're going to line him up outside. And I think he's great depth. He's valuable depth. And he's got big play potential. I mean, if you go look at some of his highlights from 2021, if you're adding that to this offense, and, you know, if they don't add Ed Hopkins and it's just what's on the roster right now, then I think that that has a chance to open up some things for Gabe Davis if they're asking Hardy to win down the field. Um, so he's been, he was somebody that jumped out. And then there's, there's a bit of a problem, Zach, uh, I think, percolating for the Bills. And that is, what are they going to do with their number two cornerback spot? Because they love Christian Benford. Love him. I mean, listen to you know John Butler talk about him uh, earlier on in the week. And I see a real difficult path for Kyir Elam to securing that number one spot because – or that number two spot because – even if you beat out Benford, who is going to give him a run again this summer, you have Dane Jackson, who they, they, they view as the reliable guy. And so what does that mean for Kyle Elam if he somehow gets to September and he's not the written-in-pen CB2? I, I think that's going to be a really intriguing storyline to, to monitor over the course of the summer. Well, I mean, now, like, speaking about that cornerback spot then, I mean, like, what do you make of Kyer Elam, his rookie season? I thought he really came on in the second half of the year. The first half was, I think, for most aspects, very frustrating because him and Benford were really trading spots. Elam, of course, being a first-round pick. Christian Benford, a later-round pick. I'm not saying, you know, is this potentially a bust, but is is it one of those kind of positions where it's like, ugh, looking back on it, you know, they end up getting a guy – in a position of need in the later rounds, but they also drafted a guy in the early rounds, and, and it kind of does, as we were talking about it, you know, just a few months ago with the draft, kind of does throw into question, you know, the recent draft history of the Bills. Yeah, it's you know, I know that there was pressure on Brandon Bean to get a cornerback. Like he talked about it after he took Elam, right? Like he was hearing it from his neighbors that hey, you're gonna get a cornerback to play with Tre'Davious White finally, and then they hit on this six rounder. They already had a, a trustworthy guy in Dane Jackson. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough spot. And with Elam, you know, I think he, 
I shouldn't be a football coach or evaluator, I guess, because I think what I was higher on what he did as a rookie than maybe the Bills even were. And that's why over the course of the season, it continued to be such a struggle to get him onto the field, even when he was healthy. Um, and and they're, they're known for not rushing guys. And so I'm not surprised with the approach necessarily, but I am surprised that they're not giving him more of an opportunity um, to be that definitive guy. And I just mean an opportunity based on how they're talking about it. They're, they're going into this with a full-blown CB2 competition this summer for training camp. And, you know, maybe that's to push Kyrie Elam. He's a guy that he's super competitive. He is hardworking. Everybody that I've talked to in the organization, you know, talks about that part of his game. But if he doesn't win that job, you, you start to wonder about his confidence level. Like when he does get back on the field, like what's that going to look like for him? You know, he's a strong-minded guy. He's very confident. I don't, I don't necessarily think it'll be a problem. But, man, it's – you want – with this draft history that you mentioned, the Cody Fords of the world, you know, um, you know, some other players that they've taken over the years where they've hit on a couple, there's been a couple that have – you know, it hasn't necessarily materialized the same way that you envisioned when they took them. I mean, Boogie Basham, A.J. Epinesa, we're still talking about them finding a role in year three and year four. And so that worries you if you're a Bills fan. Uh, they got to figure out a way to get him onto the field and put him in a place to make plays because I think of the group, he still has, in a league where you got to cover fast receivers, he's the fastest of the bunch uh, in the cornerback room. So it's going to be interesting to watch. So sticking with the defense here with another recent draft pick, Dorian Williams. It was kind of talked about that he might be, you know, learning Tremaine Edmonds' old role here a little bit, but – Brandon B didn't always seem too keen on position changes for him. What uh, What are your thoughts on that so far? How do you think that's going to go? Well, even when Bean said that, I still thought that the path to him playing was at middle linebacker. Like I, I do think that there might they might throw in some two some three uh, linebacker looks this year. You know, if you go back to early on in Sean McDermott's tenure here when Lorenzo Alexander was here, they were doing a lot more of that than they they've done the last couple of years. Um, so I think that that's definitely a possibility. And I also think that Williams, like the more you dive into him and what his strengths are, like, you know, that pre-snap, post-snap recognition ability, that's one of the areas where, you know, Tremaine Edmonds struggled, you know, all five of his seasons with the Bills. So, yeah, he might not be the same size, but they might look be looking to be a little bit more positionless back there. I mean, it's – you know, you look at the way they played the nickel spot with Taron Johnson the last couple of years. And I think that they can kind of look to do a similar thing with the way um, they have their linebackers. I think Matt Milano's versatile. I think you could do multiple things with him. You could throw Taron Johnson out there. You could throw three linebackers and Taron Johnson out there if you want to play, um, you know, some dime looks and, and maybe even uh, get Taylor Rapp involved. I, I think Sean McDermott, you know, we talked about, um, a couple of years ago, there was a, uh, a, a soundbite out of camp. I think it was McKenzie who talked about um, Brian Dable being this like mad scientist cooking up offensive plays. I think we could be starting to talk about that from with Sean McDermott in the way that he deploys the players on defense. This, this defense has gotten, we've seen the, with the way the, the season has ended the last couple of years. It's gotten really kind of figured out by the elite offenses in the league. So I think Sean McDermott, is determined to change things up and make offensive coordinators have to adjust and react 
to the Bills and, and try to do some different things. Staying with the defense, um, my favorite player on the Bills, just in terms of whenever he talks, is Von Miller, because it seems like he has very lofty expectations for everything, and he kind of did that this Tuesday as well, saying that he thinks, without a doubt, he's going to be back by week six, even with him dealing with a torn ACL. What, what did you make of those comments, especially with Miller kind of making a lot of predictions and not necessarily nailing them as often as I think he'd like? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if he's going to be, because he's got a, a really good uh, relationship with Brandon Bean. He said he talks to him all the time. And I wonder if he goes to him after this Hopkins news breaks and says, man, I've been, I've been making all these predictions. You've got to make me look good one time here. Um, but, yeah, to your point, I always thought week six was a really safe um, bet because w- different than Tr- Tredavious White in the position that he plays, he Von Miller – it's not going to be as difficult, I think, for him to get back to playing uh, shape because you just don't have to, you know, you don't have to backpedal. Um, you do have to cut. You do have to, you know, spin and do different things. You're going to put some pressure on the leg. But it's not as uh, sudden and it's not as reactionary. I think as a pass rusher, you can set that up a little bit more and do some things uh, to maybe guard against you know, pain or whatever you're going through as you're kind of getting things back. And he's done it before. He's a veteran. He, he had the ACL in, in 13. But I also think it was interesting that he said the goals have changed and he's not pressing to get back because he wants to be the best version for the, for the stretch run, which I think he has to be available. He has to be as close to the version that was last season as he can get. So if it means taking time and letting Boogie Basham and A.J. Apinesa maybe get instead of 30 and 40% of the snaps, 50 and 60% of the snaps while Von Miller is getting his way back, that might not be a bad thing either. So sticking with another guy that, you know, is kind of on the mend and on his way back, uh, DeMar Hamlin. What's the, what's the idea here? Like, obviously he's got a lot to work through and he's got a lot of things to come back from, but what's the feeling around the the whole team of like what his plan is going to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I was I thought we'd see him doing maybe some stretch work, some running. I mean, just seeing him hit the uh, the sled there uh, in that one video, I think Josh Reed from Channel 4 put it out, um, was super cool, obviously, considering where things were a couple months ago. Um, I do still wonder, like, I mean, it looks like he's trending in this amazing direction and the way the coaches talk about it, but I wonder if we don't get to a, pl- to a point where, you know, they want to put him on some type of, um, you know, the pup list or, you know, some type of long-term IR, like put, put him on the roster and then uh, kind of take it slow. Uh, we'll see, but who knows? Maybe he gets into that training camp setting, puts on the helmet, puts on the pads, you know, gets back going and, and, you know, it's all systems go. I mean, it's hard to predict. They're taking it one day at a time like they should and, and kind of reacting to how DeMar feels. So it's just going to be about, you know, uh, following that. I think bringing back Dean Marlowe is, is great insurance if you do need more time. And, you know, who knows? Even when he gets back, I still think that there's going to be the mental part of it. You know, there, there's probably going to be elements to that that he's got to work through, um, obviously. I, I wouldn't expect anything else. So I think it's just the approach the Bills are taking, I think, is a really smart one. And, and DeMar seems to be approaching it in a really healthy way also. On the Western Hotline, Matt Perino. Matt, before we let you go, what do you guys got cooking up over at the Shout Podcast? And, of course, I'm, I'm sure you're always busy over at Syracuse.com. So what do we got cooking up with, you know, really the, the, the peak of summer really right around the corner? 
Yeah, so we have uh, those on OTAs days, on Tuesdays and then minicamp. Uh, we go live right afterwards with a podcast. Um, th- those are the what are some of our most popular shows. And then uh, on July or June 23rd, it's a Friday night, Shout Live at Wingnuts on um, 700 Military Road. Come out, you can hang out with us, have some great wings, uh, drink some great beers and talk bills. It's a, it's a fun time. It's always a fun time. Absolutely. Matt, always a fun time to hear from you. Hope we can talk again and enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Thanks for having me, buddy. Take care. Thanks, Matt. That was Matt Perino on the West Her Hotline, Bill's Beer Porter for Syracuse.com, and, as you heard, the host of the Shout Podcast, DeAndre Hopkins, baby. I'm, I'm all the way back in. I'm I, all the way back in. I am so I, – I, 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 I have a hypothetical. I do, but by the way, before, I, before we get that, I do like that Matt did point out, though, that, like, we, there could, as we were talking about with the Sabres, there could be a logjam of, of weapons mm-hmm. where it's Too like, many. Wh- where's, Too many. where's everyone going to go? Now, my point on this, though, is you did only sign guys like Deontay Hardy and Trent Sherfield to, to one-year one deals. deals. Yep. They are not locks to be on this team permanently. And uh, 803-0550, are, uh, do you want the Bills to now go for Hopkins? Because that was always the thing maybe holding back is the contract and trade compens- compensation. Here's, he is a free agent now. Here is a second level a second tier to dissecting this yes you want like like matt said you want the bills to have that break in case of a break glass in case of emergency guy and that would totally be deandre hopkins he he is such an insurance factor and we can get into this more after the break because we don't have too much time here but do you want the bills to sign deandre hopkins just so no one else can have him. Yeah, and, and mainly Kansas City. Mainly Kansas that's, City. That's really like, the main one. Like it, 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 there's a lot of teams out there that, that could really utilize him, and they'd be much better if they had one of them that springs to mind, the Chargers. I think, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think the Chargers would be phenomenal if they had a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I do want to bring this up real quick. Ian Rapport just tweeted this about 30 seconds ago. This is not a post-June 1st designation release, which means Arizona will take the entire $22.6 million dead cap hit this season. Wow. They could not get a thing for him. Wow. And you probably could have gotten a first-round pick for him. Maybe a second. See, I think that's the thing, though. They couldn't. I think that they wanted like a third-round pick. He's over 30. You're not getting a first-round pick. They wanted anything for him, and everyone was sitting there going, No, we'll wait. We're gonna wait because we'll he's mad. <laughs> yeah, like we already know he wants out, but and and I think that shows Arizona couldn't get a thing for him. I I I like I said I want to get into this a little bit further, but I more want the Bills to take him off the market so that no one else, mainly Kansas City, can have him. Love it. I I, I don't. I obviously I think he'd be a great addition, but there's I have but worries. It, but really, it's like I have but if he's with worries. Mahomes, I'm gonna hate everything. Right. Right. Absolutely. 803-0550, we are taking your calls. We are freed up until 3 o'clock. Do you want DeAndre Hopkins on the Bills? And if you do, do you more want him on the Bills just because of the talent, or do you more want him off of other AFC teams who could be rivals to the Bills this season? We'll talk about that when we come back. No Sabres Live or One Bills Live today, just me and Josh Schmidt hanging out today. We'll come back after this quick timeout. You're listening to WGR. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! 
Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What are some of the quarterbacks out there? If you had a list, you say mm-hmm. these are some dope quarterbacks that I would love to throw me the ball the second part of my career. That's a good question. I would have to say one of my favorite quarterbacks that I've, I've been watching since he came in the league is Josh Allen. He reminds me of an old school or, or of a new school Andrew Luck. Yeah, baby. DeAndre Hopkins, earlier, I think it was this either earlier this week or last week on the I Am Athlete podcast, hosted by Brandon Marshall, former NFL wide receiver, mentioning Josh Allen being one of those guys he want to play for. I do want to the talk about this podcast, to, though. The fact that he compares him to Andrew Luck. I think that's fun. That's I think it's fun. really fun. Yeah. But he did, because there was, there was a, I don't want to say a controversy, there was a little bit of a controversy because he did not mention Kyler Murray in his little rundown of quarterbacks he wanted. Yeah. And Marshall, I guess, called him out on it and was like, no Kyler Murray, and he's like, well, he's he's dealing with an injury this year. Like he's he, he's probably oh, not going to play yeah. all year. Right, right. He caught himself. I I think. I mean, I, it's, I, it's Hopkins a, it, has never really done enough to prove to the Cardinals he actually wants to be in Arizona. No, even with the whole Instagram thing where he's like, "Who said I ever want to leave?" Like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> like that. No one bought that ever. No, no, and and, and it's it's. He kind of weaseled his way out of it because he, they they just said, "Who do you want to play with?" Not next year. So, in a way, it. I'm all in. I, I, I love it. Uh, it's like I said. I just really feel like it's more of sign him so no one else can have him. I think and, you're right on that too. Not, not that not that not that he wouldn't play for the Bills. Obviously, mm-hmm. he would play, but like it, it just like you said, it creates kind of a logjam. It creates just too many big names. Because what if he takes away targets from Stephon Diggs? What if he you know, just doesn't work out in the in in the offense. What if it's too much? You know, I will say this: I am, and, and we talked to Matt Perino uh, just last segment over at Syracuse.com and the Shout Podcast, and he and I, I asked him about you know potentially is there going to be a bit here where Diggs is probably absolutely number one. He's he's one of Allen's best friends. They've always yeah. they've always had that connection on the field. With Gabe Davis, is going to be more of like a we'll see how it goes. I think very quickly into the off season or into training camp and stuff like that, that it would be Hopkins is two. Gabe goes back to his third role. Right. And well, I will and, say and, on that though, that's when Gabe Davis was his best. 
Right. When he was when he was the number three wide receiver, that was when it was like, wow, this is Gabe Davis. This is he's really good. He's being schemed open, had just right. an unnatural knack for the sidelines, even in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. And along with that, I don't think it's really gonna hurt Dalton Kincaid much either. No. They want to use him more in that slot. That's what Beasley's role was. Beasley yeah. wasn't really having targets taken away by guys like Gabe Davis or John Brown or Emmanuel Sanders. This I, I think adding Hopkins kind of is like, all right, well, we spent a, a one-year deal on guys like Hardy and Sherfield. Now, Hardy, I think, with how Matt put it, too, is that he's much more the McKenzie role of Dable's mm-hmm. days, where he's here to do some crazy stuff so, every now and then. Here's, Sherfield, I think, is going to be the one that like is really hurt by this. Right, so here's... here's if, if, the, if it happens at all. Here's the pros and cons if it happens. Pros. Diggs could get schemed open more. Mm-hmm. Then you, or, on the flip side, Hopkins is schemed open more. And regardless of that, Davis is open. You know, yep. if if you have all three of them, one or two of them will always be open. Two, yeah. this gives more of an insulation for Kincaid. I think that's the biggest thing when it comes to prospects in any sport is a young prospect being thrust into a very important role needs to be insulated and needs to be isolated almost so that they don't have to worry about too much. Some cons, though, what if somebody like Sheffield or Hardy is – better than you expected, but you don't see that because of a guy like DeAndre Hopkins coming in out of nowhere. You know, I mean, in the short term, DeAndre Hopkins is great for the team, but what if a guy like Hardy or Sherfield is better for your team down the road? Well, Sherfield's kind of been an interesting one, too. Tyler Dunn did a piece on him not long ago about the politics he ran into when he first got in the league of, mm-hmm. of being a later-round receiver being better, mm-hmm. but that teams were like, yeah, but we drafted this guy in the second round. Like, he needs to play over right, you. And right. really, he kind of he, he flourished last year in Miami as that number three receiver behind Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. I just... I, I feel bad, and, and again, this is all hypothetical of, of Hopkins signing with the Bills. We do know Allen has been on the top of his list as a guy he wants to play with. Um, I just – Hopkins is a Hall of Famer, and, and he's a yeah. guy that his game yeah. has never been based off of, I'm faster than this guy, I'm bigger than this he's guy. He's just better. He, Yes, he. I I get open and I catch everything thrown my way, mm-hmm. and that has been something the Bills desperately need. Is another guy that is a great separator. Is just open and he catches the ball. Yeah, and, and he keeps and the chains moving. My whole, this my, guy was putting up fourteen hundred yards with Brock Osweiler quarterback. <laughs> my my whole my whole point with it though is you don't want to necessarily you don't want to sacrifice the now for a potential in the future, but you also don't want to sacrifice. A potential in the future for the now. You have to be very delicate with the situation. I don't mm-hmm. think Sherfield or Hardy would be so much better in the future that if you sign D Hop now, you lose out yeah. on that chance. But at the same time, realistically, how long is he here? Two years? Three years? I think you can get three years out of him. I think absolutely you can get, you can, you can get, most. You can get a good three years out of him. Absolutely. But, but I think if, and this goes for any team, I think, if any team signs him here, it's a one. It's a two-year deal max, probably most likely a one-year deal. So if that one year goes bad, it, it's it's a waste of it's a waste of time in a sense. You know what I mean? It it's almost like okay, well that didn't work. Now what? Because for this whole time, DeAndre Hopkins has been looked at as that missing piece, and now yeah. it's like if you if you get him and it doesn't go well, okay, now what? Then what do we do? Oh, you're you're very much sitting there going. Well, I think that's the thing though. And I don't not, I don't want to seem so I don't want to seem so negative about it because I I, I would love to have him, but mm-hmm. it's just it's that what if that that like I don't think you're gonna have to spend much money on him at all. No, I'm not worried about the money. I'm just yeah. I'm just worried about like you know if this 
isn't the solution, what is it? I, that's a fair point. Because, because well, I here's my thing with Hopkins. I think number one, he's he kind of is getting cut at the right time. It would have been better for him if it was back in March, mm-hmm. with it being such a poor, poorly received wide receiver class this year in the draft. He absolutely would have had a chance of of landing on one of these good teams who's like, hey, we just need a receiver. Baltimore, the Chargers, Kansas City, and Buffalo, really, I think, being the main four in the AFC. Now it's like teams have made their moves. I brought up with Matt as well of, of Dalton Kincaid. You got the best pass catcher by many reports in the draft. Now what? I think realistically, though, he's going to come in for these teams, and now it won't be this, okay, you're definitely going to have to be like our clear number two, maybe even number one on a team. You can just come in and do your thing, bro. Just do your thing. Don't stress about it. Just keep doing what you're doing. I think that's that to me is probably the best way Hopkins can attack the rest of his career is just we're good. You just keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about it, and and, and we'll keep firing on all cylinders. No problem. Right. You, you have for the Bills. You have Diggs. Kincaid looks to be pretty darn good. Knox is already here. Gabe Davis. Well maybe isn't justifying being the number two, is not a bad receiver by any stretch of the imagination. We saw how good he was as a third receiver. Like, there's already talent here for him to walk into. And then, of course, the quarterback throwing you the ball is a wizard out there. <laughs> like, he can come in, and that's where it's like, for this to fail, he would have to have a major injury early. Right, Outside of that, right. you're not going to spend a ton of money on him. I don't imagine. And and along with that, I mean, we know Ian Rapport reported today, almost right after the deal, that they're taking, Arizona is, the entire two hundred twenty-five, or excuse me, uh, twenty-two and a half million dollar cap hit. I mean, that's that's major. That like right. to, to me, especially like that shows every team in the NFL was just sitting there going, "We'll wait you out." This is a war of attrition that Arizona, who is now I think going to go into a legendary tank this year with two almost definitely high first round picks. They're like, whatever. We'll we'll take the cap hit it's now. A, we'll be fine in a few years. It, it, I don't ever like tanking in sports, but there's times where it's an actual it totally strategy makes sense. and it totally makes sense because you need to make a rebuild if you're Arizona or it's hard to look around at the other leagues right now because mm-hmm. all the seasons are done. But there's so many times where like, why are you rebuilding? And then there's other times where it's like, why aren't you rebuilding? You know, like you should be. Oh, right. yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So, again, I, I didn't mean to sound so negative at the beginning there because I think it'd be great to add them because, like you said... It takes – you can bring him in and say, hey, Steph's the number one guy. Diggs will be that. He can handle that pressure. He can do it. Hopkins could handle that pressure. But I think at this point in his career, he needs to have more freedom and more ability to just play his game and do what he wants. Same thing with Gabe Davis. Like you said, he is the number three guy for sure, and he's flourished in that role. And a guy like DeAndre Hopkins or – anyone else they could have brought in in that same mold would give Gabe Davis that opportunity to be who he was two years ago. And you never know what it could lead to. You know, if, 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 if he is another year at number three, mm-hmm. what if in a couple years when, if DeAndre Hopkins comes here, what if he jumps to number two and D hop reduces to number to find out pretty quick too with, with Gabe, well, because he's in up. a contract year. Yeah, we're, we're getting close to we're going to get close to and very then you, much having to pay him potentially. You also have Khalil Shakir. Oh man, I didn't even mention Shakir. We forgot oh, about boy. we forgot about Shakir. But think about it too. There's punt returns. There's kick returns. There's other. There's you know. There's all the scheme plays and things like that. And there's, there's also a, a likely chance that he is just the slot receiver. We know that ultimately 
you know, Shakir, or not Shakir, but that Kincaid could probably take up that mm-hmm. role, or, or that's yeah. at least the thought process going into his rookie year. But well, there, I, I there think... is there is a chance though. I, I, something that I've really wanted for them to become more efficient is that just go to shorter routes, and that's where Shakir and Kincaid could eat. Mm-hmm. I think even Diggs and Hopkins as well. My thing is though is. I'm willing to worry about that. Like that's a problem for Ken Dorsey. Yes, and this is where again, when when the Bills draft Kincaid, of like you've got to really show something here. You've really got to show something this year that you can be this offensive coordinator that gets the Bills over the hump, that gets them to the next level of their offense. And the offense was great last year in terms of scoring points. It just seemed to really, really be difficult after halftime of the Packers game, where now it's like. Now it shouldn't be hard. If you add a guy like Hopkins, if you have a talented rookie like Kincaid, that's where I think very quickly you'd find out, does Ken Dorsey have it as an offensive coordinator? Going to go to the phones. We've got Tyler standing by. Tyler, welcome to the show, my friend. What do you got for me today? Hi, guys. Um, I just wanted to talk about the fact that the Jets and Miami, since we're really talking about the division race becoming tighter, they both brought in corners to counteract Buffalo's passing attack. Well, we clearly saw it last year that Diggs got double covered and we had nobody else to step up and make a play for Josh. Now, I know we're all talking about Kincaid doing this, but being a rookie, you don't really want that much pressure. So if we bring in D-Hop for that specific reason, now both of those teams cannot sit there and say, okay, we're going to double Diggs and then Buffalo has no offense outside of that. So if you, like I said, if you bring in Hopkins, you got to pick one or the other, and the other one's going to light the secondary corner up. Tyler, who of the two teams that you, you mentioned there, both the Jets and the Dolphins, who, who in your mind is probably the most frightening, at least in terms of the Bills' AFC East chances? Um, right now, I would say probably... The Dolphins, just because their offense is proven, you don't really know what Rodgers is going to end up doing. And you don't know, like, obviously he pulled his calf muscle the other day. He could be out before uh, the season even starts. Now, I know we talk about Tua's long-term, like, availability and stuff like that, but you clearly have Waddle and Tyreek Hill to – that I would be, frankly, more afraid of on offense than the Jets' offense. Hey, absolutely. Tyler, thanks for the call, my man. And we are still taking your calls, 803-0550. Do you want Hopkins on the Bills just to be on the Bills, or do you want him on the Bills to keep him away from everyone else in the AFC? I do agree, though, with Tyler on Miami being more more frightening. The Jets have been a fun team this offseason like to talk about. They have a good defense, but there's so much, so much unknown with Rodgers, Miami showed last year. If they were healthy, they could destroy you very quickly. I think if Miami has if Miami has the Jets defense, I'm nervous. That's like that's the one thing the Jets clearly had over the Bills last year was their defense was very good. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Both times the Bills played the Jets, that defense really Right. Gave them fits. So really, really so really, if you if you give the Jets the Dolphins offense, or if you give the Dolphins the Jets defense, those two teams together are one now, very good complete team. Now with the Dolphins, they did get Vic Fangio, yes, for the defense did. coordinator. That was maybe the crown jewel of 
the defensive coaching group last season. Miami gets them pretty early. But I still remember uh, our own Sneaky Joe tweeted out a stat line from when Vic Fangio was with the Broncos and what Josh Allen did to the Broncos. Yes, it's true. So, so there is there. Yes, that is a a thing. But they've beaten them before. You know, I I I don't know. I'm I personally I'm a, I'm equally scared of the two of them. I, I I think they both have very good weapons. And they both can beat you in different ways. I mean, it, it, one thing is very for sure. This is not the AFC East of Tom Brady no. and Bill Belichick. No, it's in, not in, the in, Patriots in, and everyone else. Yeah, where no one seemed now to do a single thing right. Now it's everyone else and the Patriots, which is hilarious. I, I, I love it. It's so fun just to watch them be down there. and They're treading water, just not very well. I, I don't <laughs> love a lot of what the Patriots are doing. Although they finally did get an offense coordinator that's actually an offensive mind, so I guess that's a good thing. We'll it's, see how that it's, goes. It's, you've taken eight steps backwards, but... Hey, you took two steps forwards right there. Absolutely. I mean, like, that's a huge move. Going to take a quick time out. No One Bills Live or Sabres Live today. Just me and Josh Schmidt hanging out for the next hour or so. We're going to be on air till th- I'm going to be on air till 3. Josh is going to, you know, bail on me at 2. It's fine. I'm not upset about that. We'll take your calls when we come back. 803-0550. You're listening to WGR. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days. Wind chill. Black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Right, absolutely. He does care about winning, and he is a competitor. You think about everything he's about, it's just about challenges and beating those challenges. He's a very competitive guy, and when the football's in the air, there's no one else you'd rather have going up to get it. He's one of the best jump ball, contested catch guys in league history, recently in history, that is. But, yeah, when you think about DeAndre, having a chance to be part of a winner, that would be significant for him. 
NFL reporter Aaron Wilson. He was on the station a few weeks ago talking to DeAndre Hopkins. Wilson has been covering the Houston Texans for a number of years, and that's where Hopkins really made his name as one of the best receivers in football, doing it with just some atrocious quarterback talent. I I jokingly mentioned Brock Osweiler in the last segment, but it, it's kind of been imagine like him that. Imagine him on the Texans now with them kind of like not – rebuilding sort of, but sort of but figuring it out there's a there's a foundation that's visible and they're like on their way up if you want to word it that i was gonna way. say like what's what's on their way up well they made a you fun can't, trade you can't get lower than when the, where they are that's very true so gonna go to the phones we've got tom in amherst calling in tom welcome to the show my friend what do we got for me today what's going on my guys how you doing happy memorial day weekend oh yeah baby it's it's, it's gonna be beautiful too tom it's gonna it's gonna be a great weekend Dogs and burgers all day. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Gabe Davis. If we get D-Hop, Gabe Davis is just going to be running free out there. Can you imagine what's going to happen to his numbers? There's no one that could cover him if you already got those two guys on the field. Tom, absolutely. I mean, like that's what me and Josh were talking about last segment. Is you put him in, I, I think, what has been his best role, which is that third outside wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is going to come be- come into this team, be better than what Emmanuel Sanders was in his one year with Buffalo, and be better, uh, arguably, than what John Brown was in that one year when, after we get Diggs and drafted Gabe Davis, you're going to put him in that natural role and already having so much NFL experience that da- that Davis does have. His numbers may not pop, but in those flash moments where you need him, he is going to be a very exciting receiver. If they sign him, he will be what they wanted out of Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, that la- like, that last Emmanu- piece Eman- that'll put the offense yeah. right over the top. Emmanuel Sanders was viewed as you know this veteran guy that still has a little bit left in the tank, and I think that D Hop will be exactly what they wanted, but didn't get out of Emmanuel Sanders. Not to say he wasn't good; it's just they were. Expe- I think they were expecting a little bit more than what they got out of Emmanuel Sanders. I would think so. Well, yeah, especially and, and it was really it was the second half of that season. Because in the mm-hmm. first half, yep. he, was, he was really lighting it up. And it, yeah, it almost, he was very consistent. It, it almost felt like the start of the season because he wasn't getting the playtime in the preseason with, with Allen, and there really wasn't even much playtime with Allen in the preseason, yep. that they were like force-feeding him targets just to get <laughs> like that like that you know symmetry between those two down. And it just, you know, his body kind of wore down, and, and that was kind of it. But I love the addition of Emmanuel Sanders. I would be over the moon if they were able to get DeAndre Hopkins. We're going to take a quick timeout. Josh, you're leaving me. You're, you're going across across the hall to do your other job, so that's exciting. Although, we'll be back we'll on be, tomorrow. We will be back tomorrow. There's a lot to talk about tomorrow. Um, something we haven't talked about much, uh, a big playoff in the um, English soccer world tomorrow. We're going to get into it tomorrow. It's, it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of implications going on, including the team having to possibly build an entirely new stadium. It's going to be interesting. So it'll be, it'll be a good time tomorrow. going to be fun. We'll be on for Sports Talk Saturday from 11 to 2. I'll be hanging out with you, though, for another hour. Still taking, of course, your calls, 803-0550. DeAndre Hopkins has been released by the Arizona Cardinals. What are your thoughts? What do you want the Bills to do? We'll do it when we come back after this quick timeout. You're listening to WGR. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.